This is Eric from Morningar and you're listening to Brutally Delicious Podcast. How's the uh, cruise experience been so far? Well, amazing <laughs> in many ways. How um, so? It's a it's a really cool film. Uh, uh, we we did this. Uh, when was it? Was two thousand eighteen? Eighteen. You guys uh, were on in two thousand eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's one of the years I missed. Oh, okay. Oh. I've done nine, eight or nine of them, but I was not here then. <laughs> okay. Has it changed much, or is it pretty much? Pretty much the same, I would say. Yeah, pretty much the same. Is it? I think that was another boat called Sumpf in the sea. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Most, it's like right almost the same, the same boat, yeah, right? Yeah. Same. But the location was Haiti that time, and uh, that was like a restricted area. So yeah, everything was loaded out from the boat. Uh, free food, party. <laughs> it was good yesterday. Uh, at, uh, Bamini, but uh, I think Haiti I like was Bimini. Cool. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I know it's small and kind of chill, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about uh, the band then. So tenth album. Yeah. What does it feel like? I mean, first of all, did you ever imagine you'd be doing this this far into your career, ten albums in? No, I I can't say about that. Uh, I mean, we when we started out, we were <laughs> kids. Uh, just rocking and, and <clears throat> trying to play cool music and uh, uh, to think 27 years I had uh, <laughs> no we, we didn't think 27 I was going to ask you how long it was <laughs> 27 <laughs> years that's crazy yeah, right yeah, yeah really crazy uh, 20, 28 this year started out in 95 wow it's a long time so I'm not even going to try and butcher the name of the record <laughs> <laughs> you want to pronounce it for me Yinglinga Ettens Öde yeah, I would have never been anywhere near that. <laughs> but now that it's out, what's been the response to it so far? Been pretty good? Yeah, definitely. Uh, out on Napalm, right? Yeah, yeah. out on Napalm. Uh, our third, fourth, fourth album on Napalm. Uh, yeah, the response has been great, I think. Uh, a lot of good reviews. And Do you think it's... I don't know what the word is. Odd to open with a 10 minute song <laughs> sorry I'm not trying well, to be disrespectful at all but we and odd may not be the word but you know what I'm saying it's it is long. a 10 minute song is long and yeah. then I love it but I was just curious if you know there was some thought into maybe we well, shouldn't maybe we should we, oh, we talked about it yeah I know because at the first I think we said we should start with uh, the second song we'll get that uh, but then we changed it. Yeah. I think Eric uh, dropped the ID uh, because it's the, f the first uh, that song has the, all the elements of what Monogram is. I think so. It's it's a it's a good starter for the album. Right, and the only reason I said and maybe odd wasn't the right choice, but is because we're in this culture where everything is like three minutes mm -hmm. even less right 30 seconds give me a download and I'm on to the next thing so that's kind of bold to come out and say hey this is yeah. a 10 minute thing but I agree with you it does kind of ebb and flow and has a whole lot of stuff going on 
But I don't people has ask me just that question. <laughs> Why oh, really? start with that? So, uh, but it seems many people like it as well, and uh, I totally agree with Marcus. It's a it's a good starter in that sense because it has all the monogram stuff in there. Um, when you guys are writing, are you guys all writing sort of together in the old traditional sense, like bouncing things off each other? Uh, it, it mostly. I do the writing, um, but of course I uh, I, I uh, uh, talk to the guys and we we finish it off together, uh, so to speak. But I, I I do the composing. Okay. We we, sh we like change the uh, the ways of doing it. Like ten years ago, everything happened in the rehearsal room, we starting playing sure. songs, and but now it's. Technology, now, yeah. Now you record everything and, and send it away. Yeah, but we do like demos. Eric do. Uh, sometimes we do it together, and sometimes you record it by yourself, and then you have a song. Maybe you change a little bit, or do or some, then the vocals um, comes on. First is just na 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 na. Just a melody line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just uh, recorded a melody line uh, for Jacob to to uh, write the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So then, my question for you would be: Is there something you want your fans to take away from after listening to a? Uh, is it monogram? Monogram. Monogram. Okay. Record or like a message or a takeaway? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's like. Um, are you meaning like a lyric, lyrics? Yes, or, correct. Uh, I hope that they actually are like more interested in in those sagas because uh, uh, on the latest album it's uh, uh, completely built on uh, ancient Scandinavian sagas. Right. So I would really like that people actually are uh, getting their hands on that material and start to like starting reading it, uh, learning about it. Uh, so in a way, it's not only like. Trying to, to make like cool uh, lyrics, right? But, but to treat the history with respect and to bring it forth um, to more people, which I think is great because people outside of Scandinavia, you know, myself included, and you know, being from the states, don't know much about that at all. And you find yourself, you guys aren't the only ones doing that sort of thing. And there's a lot of you know Scandinavian bands putting those kind of lyrics in Vikings and historical stuff, and it's really cool because you're right, it does get you thinking. And hey, you know, maybe I'll go down the rabbit hole and do some research or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, people pick up. What do you guys have planned uh, after this? Uh, after this, we have we have uh, two German shows coming up. One in March and uh, in the end of March, and one in the middle of April. Uh, the one in the the April show is, I think, it's like one of Germany's biggest biggest in-house festivals, uh, nice. Ragnarök Festival. Oh yeah, I've heard of yeah, that. Yeah. And that's we're doing. Uh, Two shows, uh, acoustic on uh, Friday and yeah. is it difficult to translate into uh, the acoustic side? Uh, not no. we have done it a couple of times, uh, so not that hard, but uh, we have to practice <laughs> <laughs> a lot. So yeah. do you still have the uh, the screaming? I mean, the guttural screaming as well no, in that, no, or you got to no. tame that down for acoustic, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I sing uh, clean vocals. 
So that must add a whole new dimension to everything. Yeah, I, I mean, so. that would be like the true definition of folk metal, then, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we play our acoustic songs, uh, we're, we're not folk musicians, so but we have composed our sort of morning arm folk music. Right. So when I when I when I say folk music, I'm thinking more traditional yeah, yeah, yeah. from your area of the of the world, not necessarily like Arlo Guthrie or some, you know, American folk singer. But yeah, so I would, yeah, that wasn't an insult by any means. No, 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 not taken. Um, but, uh, so th that's really nice. And uh, we really love performing our uh, acoustic songs because we have recorded many songs on, on, on all albums we have like one or two. Right. And in 2006, I think it was, we recorded an acoustic EP. But uh, not that often we get to perform it, so. Cool. Do you feel more vulnerable? Yes. When you do it that way, without the distortion and out everything, all can be heard. Yes, you can't hide it behind the Marshall stack, right? But that's the. It adds a nice nerve to it, you know. Oh yeah. Be focused and then really. It definitely makes it more organic, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, a lot of more. But we've done it a couple of times now, especially at we have a, our own little festival in our hometown called Monogram Open Air. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah. So we uh, we had it 2019. Then the COVID years, it wasn't possible. Right. Then uh, this last year, uh, 2022, and uh, then we play acoustic on Friday and metal on. Saturday. That's great. What's it like being back out after all this crazy nonsense we all went through? It was uh, really nice. <laughs> it, it was like the going going back to normal again. Were you were you concerned or nervous or worried when it finally was time to go? Uh, maybe a little bit, but it, it, I, I remember the first gig. It was like twenty minutes in the in, into the gig. It felt like oh, okay nothing happened <laughs> right back to normal yeah. <coughs> so it was kind of strange but but when you stood there and started playing the first song it was hmm, this was like a couple of years ago <laughs> right so almost strange. like riding a bike you just yeah, get yeah, back yeah, on yeah, it yeah, yeah. but during the the covid period uh, we uh, um, it, it it was a good thing the only good thing was uh, we, we uh, recorded the, our album and composed and everything, so uh, it gave us a lot of time uh, to do that right. and focus on the, on the album. So, so uh, I've been saying a lot on the show and, in, and other things I've talked about, I think we're going to see like this weird creative renaissance, mm. and I think we're seeing it already with some bands and artists because they're, they've had all this time, like you just yeah. said, to sit and work and really put the time into it, and then we're seeing the... The results now, not even just in music, but in like art and yeah. literature, it's crazy. Because yeah. some of the bands I listen to have put out the, the best music in mm. of their career, mm. you know, 20, 30 years mm. now because they've had that time. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with you guys. You just had the time to really create. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, normally we don't have that time. Uh, right. We it's have, go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, families and all, all the stuff. Uh, the families are still still here, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but uh, it, it always uh, festivals and, and, and gigs you have to practice for, which takes time from the composing. And, right. Uh, we we had that time now, so that was really 
cool and, and uh, really good for the album. Yeah, in hindsight, I think it's going to turn out to be that was a great boost for the arts in general. Yeah, I think so too. Why do you think there are so many quality bands that come out of the Scandinavian countries? Because per capita, Finland, Sweden, Norway, as opposed to like the rest of the world, it's an inordinate amount, right? Yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't really know. Is it the water or the 24-hour darkness? I don't know what it could be, but I often try and wonder because it's crazy the amount of yeah. quality stuff that comes out of those countries mm. as yeah, opposed yeah. to the US or Japan yeah, or, or you're wherever. Right, you're right. Maybe perhaps <laughs> maybe because of the government are like like yeah, spending um, money on, on uh, the youth that so they can easily learn to handle an instrument and it's not that high of a cost for right. for yeah. each uh, family. So basically most people in Sweden or young kids have the opportunity to start playing in, a, in an yeah. instrument, so uh, and it's affordable. Yeah, mm. and you That's can like hire instrument and stuff like that. You borrow them when yeah. you go to the lessons. Oh yeah, that's not like the U.S. Mm. at all. Everything's so goddamn expensive. Mm. Could be a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a reason, but also I think um, like in nature and everything in in that region as mm. well. Um, Perhaps. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you're, I guess you're probably right there because nature has always been a part of the extreme metal, especially yeah. from Scandinavia, right? Yeah. Yes. Even those you've seen those crazy memes of the black metal guys out in the woods <laughs> in, the, yeah. in their corpse makeup, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's something that people don't normally put together, but it, it, I guess it works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it definitely works. Yeah. So that's all I've run. Uh, I guess that's my time anyway. You have anything I missed that you want to cover? No. Thank hope that wasn't hope that wasn't too bad. At, I, not I, at all. I tried to just make a conversational. I had notes, but I really didn't even mess with them. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.